Good evening. I'm Connor Nunez. And I'm Matt Smith. So, things have been pretty bad recently. Uh, but not that bad. And the short, short version of the story is, I guess, the kids are finally learning stuff. Nice! Nice. They are retaining information. They are regurgitating information. And so maybe all will be well. I mean, in past years, this kind of light bulb moment happens. Uh, well, hello. It happens like in around March. Right now it's happening in November. And so Keon nice. numbers the letter E. And so that's about it for me. I mean, I'm flying high on that. That's that's a solid uh, solid progression for, for him and you? Because it's been bad. I mean, it's been extremely bad. We've been doing the letter E for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And right, weeks. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it's just like... Uh, it's like a it's like a deep sigh it's like okay now we can go on to because right his name is keon k e y so next we will do the letter y (laughs) and so it's like dude it's the third letter in your name you've got yeah 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 very very important task ahead learning how to spell the name right yeah uh i saw perhaps the I don't. I don't even know how to phrase what this what this t shirt. Beautiful, perfect. What emotion this t shirt that I saw brought out of me earlier today. Um, but it was uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Hillary Clinton, Elizabeth Warren, and uh, Kamala Harris. Um, as a tribute to Mount Rushmore. And it said... So, so, so bad. It said, Mount Nasty. And at this point in in life, I I don't know if I could possibly hate liberals more. Um, But I I think that I sunk to to an even deeper level with seeing this fucking shirt. Uh, I told someone and I you asked, didn't buy it for me, even it, it though was, was, I asked you to. It was tiny. I, I, it Matt, was I would lose every pound that I have just to wear that <laughs> shirt. No, no one should own that shirt, and my hope is that it ends up getting sent to a landfill from the goodwill that it was hanging in. Uh, oh, but man, I digress. You really didn't. You really yeah. didn't buy it for me, then, did I, you? I didn't. I can maybe go on Friday. God, Mount Nasty. Well, it's like because it has right Mount Nasty, Mount from Mount Rushmore, obviously. But it makes you think about fucking Mount Nasty. Like, (laughs) I don't want to mount any of them. My my head did not even go there. And yeah, I I, I don't. I'm not interested in that at all. I I don't know. Yeah, especially Hillary Clinton. It to me just re- reminded me of, like, I don't know, the pussy hat era, and it's just like, guys, like, just shut the fuck up, just shut the pussy the fuck hat, up. yeah, the pussy hat. Um, anyway, uh, we had a, a really fun chats 
with um, author, uh, vintage menswear aficionado, antiques dealer, and encyclopedia, uh, ZG Burnett. Yeah. Yeah, really, awesome. really super, fun. Super awesome. Really. Yeah. Like, Good conversation. Um, um, they, you know, kind of, we get, we got a nice glimpse into the New England experience of growing up and, uh, you know, wearing, basically wearing the same chamois shirt that your dad does, etc. cetera. Um, okay. Talked a little bit about uh, New England folk magic, which I don't know anything about. But uh, CG gave us a little bit of a, a little bit of an insight into that as well. Um, it was a really fun combo, and we we think you're gonna like it. Yeah. Yes. So excellent. Um, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, if you like what we do, and uh, thank you for the donations that we've had come in. Um, Connor's Venmo still is at. Connor Dash Fowler. His PayPal is ConnorFowler at gmail.com. Uh, we appreciate anything that anyone wants to send. And, and we're in the high six digits. So please yeah. help us make it to one million contributions. Right. right, right. You know, you know how we roll. Anyway. Uh, filthy, and, filthy rich in Bermuda. Filthy, filthy. Um, anyway, stay tuned for a great chat and thanks for listening. Bye-bye. What do T.S. Eliot, J.K. Simmons, and J.R.R. Tolkien have in common? Nothing meaningful. But they share this naming convention with our next guest, Z.G. Burnett. Writer, auction ace, Fran Leibowitz stunt double, Stamfordian, Stamfordite, contributing editor at Antiques and the Arts Weekly, menswear merchant at Ramshead Vintage, Good dresser, and much more to be revealed. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming on. Thank we you, we man. literally wrote that like fifteen. Well, Connor wrote that like fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> Matt, you always have to reveal the fucking secrets. Well, I want to. I, I want to say that's how how clever Connor is. Oh my god! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Just, you are comes, too kind. You are too comes, kind. Comes up with this shit off off the top of his dome, you know? If you're not watching the video, I'm shaking my head. I am not watching the video. <laughs> I was I was speaking to our listeners. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, how are you today? Uh, ZG, a.k.a. Zoe, conversationally, right? Yes. I'm doing well. Okay. I'm a little nice. bit from uh, pre-Thanksgiving errands, but other than that, doing well. How about you two? Yeah, solid. It's a it's a very overcast and chilly day. Um, so yeah, I, I wish the sun were out. But other than that, I'm I'm doing all right. And I'm wearing shorts. Yeah, I was going to say, Connor. I know you're coming in from Baltimore, Matt. Where are you located? Uh, I'm in Atlanta. Oh, okay. I'm up in Massachusetts, yeah. so it's a little bit frosty. Nice. I think. Yeah, I, I was going to assume. Uh, what part of Mass? I'm up near Groton. Massachusetts, which is okay. the, the landmark that most people know out here. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, so uh, where are you from, and and where do you live now? 
this is where I grew up in uh, Massachusetts. We moved from the North Shore when I was about four. My mother and father's family is from out there, but oh, they cool. wanted something a little bit more country for me growing up because the North Shore, if you've been in Massachusetts at any point recently, it's become very built up and has oh. become more so even over the past 20 years. So it's uh yeah it's in the woods it's been a while since i've been in in like massachusetts but it's always i've always enjoyed it Mm -hmm. um but i can imagine that like in the i don't know 15 years or so since i was there or maybe 10 years or so since i was there last has changed dramatically like pretty much everywhere yes including and mostly the real estate pricing Right. <laughs> yeah, because everything's getting better in the world. Mm-hmm. Every last thing is getting better. And that <laughs> is evidence of that, mm-hmm. which we love on this program. We love to highlight the positives um, oh, about our great world. Yes. <laughs> so, um, no, okay. go ahead. Continue. Answer your other question. I'm now living in Stamford, Connecticut. Yes. Mm-hmm. Stamfordite? Stamfordian? Yeah, we, we were trying to figure out what, what the proper term is. I'm not sure. I have only lived there for about six months, so either way, I don't think I've earned the moniker. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you have to be there I, at least a year, two years, something like that to really... To use the demonym? Yeah, yeah. It is uh, an awkward one. I mean, like, Baltimore, Baltimoreon, Baltimorean, Baltimoreon. Baltimoreon happens a lot. Is that oh, worse yeah. than asshole? I don't know. Uh, it's I hard do, to say. It's hard I, to say which is worse. I have an affinity for masshole because I have a bunch of friends from Massachusetts and they kind of like reclaim that. Well, <laughs> masshole at least like works linguistically. Whereas yeah. Baltimoreon, like Baltimorean is a stretch to begin with. And right. Baltimoreon is an obvious jump. But since Baltimorean is so weak, it's like, oh, it just is a shame. The well, Baltimore language. Is hard enough. Yeah, say. yeah. That is exactly. a tongue twister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think Atlanta is any better either. Like, it's pretty, I don't know. It's just pretty boring. And, and what about Atlanta? At, Atlanta would be way Stanforder. Well, because New Yorker is easy. Washingtonian. Right. Washingtonian is another one that is like uh, sort of logical. Yeah. Californian Mm -hmm. is simply just adding an N. But they do whatever they want, those easy breezy people. (laughs) I prefer Bay Stater, personally. Bay Stater? All right, all right. I I could back that. It's a little bit less, uh, well, it's a little bit more PG, let's say. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Um, So we got a little bit into the fit before we pressed record but i was curious what you wore today in the inclement weather Mm -hmm. well i am wearing at the moment i just came in from running a few pre-holiday errands so i'm wearing a 1960s peach colored chamois shirt that i received i traded with brian of wooden sleepers for at the last al fargo's marketplace Mm. i'm wearing some navy chinos from alex mill which is a brand I discovered recently that one of the yeah, good stuff. Yeah. They're very, the construction's great. And I don't usually yeah. buy new just because I work in vintage. So I find things 
that way. But I, you know, there's only so many times you can run through a pair of pants and patch them up or, you know, you can only put up with so much. So I just, this time I said, screw it. I just (laughs) bought a pair and I'm very happy with them. So shout out to Alex Mill. Uh, I'm also, I had on until just a couple minutes ago, a striped gold. It's a Jersey shawl collar cardigan. From, it's made in Japan. Here we are. I don't know if anyone knows that brand. And what brand is it? Uh, the Strike Gold. Oh yeah, Strike Gold's fucking sick. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. <laughs> Matt and... is like amazing encyclopedia. Just like <laughs> knows all the stuff you would never expect. <laughs> and under my chamois, I'm wearing what I guess is now a vintage Sleigh Bells band shirt because I'm at my parents' oh, house. Oh my god! And everything else is in the wash. <laughs> Wow. I, I, I saw thought... them at my school. I haven't thought about them in a long time. I've seen them twice. I saw them at this this concert in 2010, and then I saw them recently in New York when they did their 10-year tour. So that was both fun and a little bit harrowing. Yeah, yeah. That uh were were you a big like were you big into music at that time period? Like uh with with that kind of like sleigh bells and I I, I'm just thinking about the things that I heard at this retail job that were on like Sirius XMU, like Sleigh Bells, Animal Collective, etc. Mm-hmm. I never really, I never had Sirius, so I really only learned about new music from my friends. Gotcha. And yeah. The, yeah, Sleigh Bells. I learned about from my high school boyfriend. So yeah, I mostly would get it secondhand until I finally buckled down and got my own Spotify account about three years ago. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. As, as I've said it before, I'll say it again. Like, I know streaming sucks for the people that make the art, but it's it's crucial. Like, it's it's a like a world that I never knew possible when I was, like, 15. Even... I just don't discover shit on Spotify. Hmm. Yeah. What they push, what they push, at least in the genres, genre, I guess, of music that I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah. It's like what they are pushing it's like what the labels are pushing yeah you know people who they're trying to make blow up or whatever and so it's like you just hear their songs over and over again like i don't want to hear this shit i know this already that's mm-hmm. my that's my like annoying spotify opinion <laughs> yes I, ha- I find that you need to work at it i, I yeah would... yeah but another it's an algorithm i assume Yes. And another cool thing I discovered about Spotify is that I'm re-listening to many old bands that I hadn't paid attention to in years because they add Hmm. extra tracks. They put up the deluxe version. So that's really neat. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, It's one of those things like I discover a good bit, but I also I also don't really listen to much that's like seem like mainstream adjacent which i guess like connor for you like hip-hop and rap is i would say the most dominant uh, popular music right now so like i find shit but then you also get into uh, a loop of them just playing like the same songs that you listen to all the time well and it not- is the same song a lot of the time and it's yeah. like yeah don't do this to me please right. i know and also like shuffling is a lot more uh, fraught i guess than i should be like it isn't actually random 
Right. So I don't know. I mean, I it's always the profit motive that is causing the problem, right? It's always the invisible hand. But it just is frustrating because it's everything. Right. Right. So you say you, I mean, I guess extremely involved with antiques. How long have you been antiquing? Is that your preferred verb? You picking? Uh, I suppose antiquing is preferred. I do pick sometimes, but I, I have friends who will literally like, will dive into hoarder houses and uh, that's not me. That's Uh. not me. So I don't think I've earned, again, like Stanfordian, I don't think I've earned being a <laughs> You haven't earned the picker distinction, the designation. I haven't gotten tetanus at any point. Oh, I, yeah. I'm not a chain smoker. I don't have any tattoos. So I don't think that I'm allowed to be a picker. But and Matt is gatekeeping that shit. Too. <laughs> so, I, am, so it's... I am not gatekeeping, although you, you uh, outside of the the tetanus, you you've described most of my uh, most of my you life. Uh, you mostly you. Yeah, well, I say yeah. it with love because I know many pickers who are wonderful people, but I just I there I do have yeah. Like, there, there's a difference. <laughs> there is a distinct difference. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean not not that I am saying one or the other can be earned or whatever, but yeah yeah like there there's a solid difference in people like yourself that like have a good eye and can find shit. And like going into a horror house. It's not for everyone. No, I get anxiety real hard. I can't even watch the show. I'm just. I feel, I feel you. But I've been doing this probably my entire life is when my parents have brought me to antique shops and shows and things. My, my father used to collect early American glass. So I've really. Oh, sure. Like what a. I know a little bit about glass, but like, can you shout out the the types that you're talking about? In the majority, what he narrowed it down to has been black, mostly early American, and some English seal bottles. So black olive, okay, dark glass. Gotcha. Mostly cool. 18th century, and some early 19th, and sometimes every now and again he'll pick up a portrait class this is all kind of deep <laughs> for yeah 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 what's going what what bottles do or are but that's really right. why i'm in it because i ended up working with antiques and artifacts later in life and it all comes down to either my father could be constantly on alert that i would break something or he could teach me about it and how to hold it properly which is what he did Hell yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. So, yeah, so you that's exactly it because you come from a line of, of collectors. Yeah, you could say that. My grandmother collects as well. So Oh, yeah. that's cool. Uh, what does she collect? Everything. She's gotten better. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, She's gotten well, better. <laughs> I mean, my grandma collected like kitschy eighties and nineties Christmas bullshit. So anything that's not that is super cool in my opinion. We do have a Christmas village, <laughs> but of course, uh, of course, uh, as it, as most American families do. Right at this point, it's really mostly antique kitchen utensils because she uses them. Oh th- th- wow! Mm-hmm. That's really cool. She prefers them to 
she likes the old-fashioned stuff is what she calls right. it right so i think yeah and that and she loves kachina dolls which are the, the southwestern mostly hopi hopi and navajo Diné. right yes dolls. we have quite a few of those that's really rad hmm. yeah that's amazing So, you know, being in New England, um, I had this thought while we were preparing for the episode. Um, you know, New England is obviously like the first place that um, the English settled. Do, have you found in your um, lifetime of, of dealing and being around this old shit that like part of that is um, that these things are abundant because the area is so old? I wouldn't say abundant at right right you know you can put an asterisk by what abundant actually means in this context Mm -hmm. it certainly is more prevalent here than i'd say it would be anywhere else in the country because so much of it was made here and right yeah people bought it or they had it made way back when and it descended and then when houses and families eventually downsize or they lose all their money. A doll goes to auction or it goes to different consignment locations. But I'd say, yeah. And I'm so I came in at the very end of what was the boom. It used to be a lot more money and a lot more popular, popular to have American made type things like probably from the bicentenary up until I'd say the late nineties and the recession is when everything, the 2008 recession. Right. Right. And it's still steadily recovering from that. It's gone a lot better in the past couple of years because instead of, I mean, everyone had to deal with their COVID things. Right. And the art, art and antiques market is one of the few markets that's actually been doing better and better. Yeah. I'll say the same about vintage clothing. Like, you know, the, on the, on the other side of that mm-hmm. is, you know, there's a, there is almost uh since COVID um, began, like there's, there's such a resurgence of people like getting into it in, in certain ways. For sure. And I, I mean, we've all seen the memes. Honestly. Right. Yeah. So, that uh, There's definitely a, a split opinion on how good or bad that is. I think it's good in that people are learning. For sure. For sure. Yeah, just how wasteful fast fashion is, how much waste yeah. we have in our lives. And then there's the downside of that there's an absolute run on this stuff now. So anyone yeah. who before the pandemic is salty because there you can't find anything anymore. And I've definitely noticed that to some extent. Oh, yeah, I think we all do. But, you know, it is it is kind of cyclical. Um, mm. Like, you know, you'll have a crazy good haul. And then it'll be dry for a week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I, I like to put it into the context of first, a rising tide lifts all boats. Mm-hmm. So the more people that are into old stuff and like trying to learn, the better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, like you have to get creative. And there, there's so many of these things that have been made. Maybe not what you do, but like clothing in particular, you know a lot of the things that I'm looking for were made in the like high hundreds of thousands, low millions range. And so like, even, even with time, there's still shit out there. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's how I ended up where I am now, I suppose, in that I have a very specific focus on what I buy for Ram's Head Vintage in that I can't buy everything I find because I could very well right. buy every Ralph Lauren shirt I find or every every bean thing, for goodness sake. I'd go buy Yeah, it. yeah. But, uh, there are those things you hate to leave, but you're also just kind of like, do I, do I really need to waste the time? T- the time and the money because now... Right. In, and the thrift stores are wising up to it, so they're hiking their prices. Everything's going up, so you have to really curate. I hate to use the word curate. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? But I, I hate to use that word. But the thing that you have to find out, and my advice to anyone who's for some reason getting into vintage now, would be to really find what makes your brand unique, because otherwise you're just going to be another. 47 variety vintage seller and there are literally hundreds of thousands of people doing that right now yeah yeah so how did you how did you get into um selling like vintage menswear with ram's head i did have an etsy store before i decided to rename it ram's head vintage but i was doing vintage i was doing vintage other my own under my own name women's 50s and 60s mostly because that's what I was into. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, but women's vintage is so much more difficult to sell, especially online, and it's far mm-hmm. more difficult to source because anything that's, I don't know, earlier than the 70s is scarce unless you're going to every estate sale you can. And even then, there are so many different styles. And so many different sizes. It's it, and it gets to be a lot really quickly. So I ended up doing menswear because I had always been enthusiastic about men's fashion. There were I I don't know how old it usually is, but the I think it was the twenty tens of or the two thousands and the twenty tens of GQ magazine used to be fantastic. Oh yes, oh yes, the golden age in my well of our lifetime at least. I agree. And they used to have great interviews with actors, especially threw me in. So then I started looking at the clothes and that was the heyday. I mean, Glenn O'Brien, RIP. Was of course. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned so much from him and that led to me when I was in undergrad, getting my first retail job in a big store, which was J crew. And this nice. was, yeah, this was the, at the Copley Plaza, which is the flagship store for the Boston area. And it was before and on the cusp of when they opened up their separate menswear store across the way. It was when they were still developing the liquor store and the low shop brands like that. Right, right. And I was working with menswear there before that shop opened. Oh, that's cool. So mm-hmm. that would have been like, oh, six, seven ish. This was actually like 2010, 2011. Because oh, we, yeah, we did. did I, have, hmm? I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering when the whole liquor store in Ludlow came into fruition. I thought it was earlier than that. It was, it did come into fruition earlier in New York. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right, was, right, right, right. Uh, and, I mean, okay. Boston, we, we're very proud. <laughs> we're very proud, <laughs> but we don't get fashion until like at least five years later. <laughs> For sure. Right. Might- I mean, same thing. Same thing with Atlanta. Right. 
Why yeah. do you think? Well, I mean, so like, I guess we sort of know why that is, but like, I don't know. Is it is it that there is resistance to it in Boston? Like, surely people want this stuff, right? Well, it's hard to say now because I've been I've been out of Boston for a while, and but there's always been that blue suit, brown shoes look that people still wear every day to work. Right now, they just add microfiber vests and stuff but you know it's still the same thing that's what except that's what's acceptable in the office especially in the financial district but i think then it was still very much there was that conflict of metrosexuality and in you know it was just coming out of the period at which you people were calling each other gay instead of you know stupid right right oh yeah see this is a great topic like this is so uh everyone who is listening to this can relate to that certainly and the like throwaway usage of slurs just all of that kind of stuff um the i remember the metrosexuality thing people being like scared of it like it was going to come for them yeah and just... no <laughs> sorry <laughs> no 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 and it's now it's like jesus like no one is um well it's it's something that we've touched on before but the same people that were like calling you the f slur for wearing like slim fit pants are keeping the fucking tightest pants on the planet yeah shape in <laughs> business and it's like, yeah, this is this is a really, really funny thing to witness as like a 40 year old thinking back on my, you know, 25, 26 year old days. Mm-hmm. And it's extra fun. my girl jeans. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that was that was even, you know, farther back than that. But yeah, like just uh, it, it, how the things have flipped is is continually hilarious. And it's flipped again, because now, especially in the lgbtqa plus community they've been called they start it starts becoming a thing where you can call each other the f-slur all you want right right and like being saying something is so cringe and gay is like obviously ironic if you're right yeah you're like like my i have two friends who have been together two male friends have been together for almost 10 years and they were talking about maybe having a wedding wedding sometime soon, but something small. And they were describing it to me. And I said, you know, that sounds kind of gay guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah it, it's good. It's funny though. If I ever do that on Instagram, because I am a femme appearing, you know, cishet woman, I, right, right. people get mad. It's people get mad, but it's the straight people who are like, that's so. Oh, of course. Uh, fucking course. Yeah. And I'm it's, just like, it's the same way that like queer was reclaimed and it's like, yo, know, if you, if you don't understand that the people using this word in this context are, are like making it a, a powerful for the, for all of the years that they were called that as a slur and like, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's always straight white people. Yeah. Always. It's like, it's like the slim fit pants, which we're yeah. never. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're even worse now. <laughs> oh my gosh, my gosh! Yeah, I I did uh, n- not to take this too much farther off base, but I did a pop up um, this past weekend at a brewery, and I texted Connor this. I was like, 
I have seen the slimmest pants on the planet on 90% of the, the dudes here. And I was just like, I was shocked at how uh, revealing some of the tightness was for some of them. And I was just like, what the fuck? Matt did not delve into that little tidbit. Yeah, yeah. It was but uh interesting. Yeah. It was I rough. never think I never think about it in that in that context. Like I just think like looks bad. I mean, people complain about like femme pants not having pockets. Like, yeah, these these jeans have pockets, but what the fuck can you put in there when they're skin tight? A small bic lighter. Unless you've got a crass butt patch on your pants, I don't want to see them that tight. <laughs> I have a, a follow-up story to that. Way back. Oh when, yes, please. Lay it on was, us. There was a Levi's store on Newberry Street. Oh yeah. I yeah. remember that. And it was the type of store where there would be three or four people working there at once and not one of them would help you do anything. Yeah. So that may have been why it closed, I'm not sure. But my dad uh, I had my dad was working in the city at the time, and we had lunch together. And he said, "I want you to help me find some Green Day pants." <laughs> Wait, what? Wow. I was like, "What do you mean, Dad?" He's like, "The pants that Green Day wears." I was like, "My God." You mean skinny jeans? He's like, "No, no, no, just the pants. Those, you know, they're they're trim cut Green Day pants." It's like, okay. <laughs> we went to the Levi store. And my dad at the time he was he was a runner, so he was he could wear them. Right. Sure. Like technically, sure. And <laughs> there was one he, he took in a, a couple different sizes, and there was one size in particular to what you just said, Matt, where I was like, Dad, you cannot wear those. Yeah. And oh god. He changed it to something. And he was like, What do you mean? I was like, go put on the bigger size pants, Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Uh, do, do you happen to remember what Levi's cut that was? Because I oh, have an idea. God, no. I, I, That's one thing I never got straight. And I... I, <laughs> ah, I, no I, I intended. Aldens. I'm friends with people who are so into military, but I cannot keep the numbers straight to save my life. Uh, yeah, I feel... 5'11", like. right? 5'11 is the no, slim straight, skinny straight. No, the, the 5'11 is like the skinny... The five ten is the super skinny, I believe. Right. Yeah. Right, I, right. And then the five fourteen says it's a slim straight, and then that fits sucks. Like it's it's I, I've bitched about this to many people in my life. That fit is it's uh it's just like an it's like a bad in between. It's like my hair right now is yeah. like not short enough and not long enough. So it's that the five fourteen is exactly that. It's right. not a five oh one. It's not a skinny. No, five oh five for life. Yeah, they still have mine captured. I sent mine away. I sent my my five oh fives away to have them like whatever, some kind of rewoven, patched something. And this person was like. I'm sorry. I'm in Asia for the next week and a half. Like I can't, I don't know when your pants will be done or when I will be back. So I <laughs> just like, they told me I could come and get them today and they never responded. So I just want my pants back. Oh, damn. Yeah. These pants, which Matt gave to me, they're very dear to me. So it's sadness that they have, um, kidnapped them. Gene napped. Well, after and well, 
aside from being my dad's personal stylist for most of my life and working at J. Crew. <laughs> Later, I worked after grad school, I was working at Port Northampton out in Northampton, Massachusetts with um, Ben Glushen, who is still out there. He's going to be out there for a little while longer, so give him a look. But um, I did that, and that was more of a unintentionally androgynous store, like before gender free was a thing ben was right. really, he, he had his he had his finger on the pulse there and that was a fun experience and then after that i worked at the Andover shop oh for a little while and the, the fabled Andover shop mm. and then during that time i just kept coming i learned a lot and i kept coming across some great things and what on my travels and i just decided you know what i'm just going to switch to menswear this is what i'm gonna do and yeah since then i've been doing this is kind of a side project hell yeah wow how did you get how did you get into the endover shop i mean um my dear friend eric Twardzik, who was writing for ivy style at the time put me in touch with the then editor christian chensfold and I was writing for Ivy Style for a little while. And that, and while I was doing that, the job for Andover Shop came up. They, I don't know if they still advertise on Ivy Style, but they did then. So they had the ad up and I applied and I got it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were, were you, wait, were you active during like the, the kind of like hashtag menswear blog explosion? I was a lurker. Big time. You were okay, okay, but yeah. I mean, if you're writing for Ivy Style and other things, I feel like you would have been, you know, you would have been like, or the the things that you wrote would have uh, made the rounds. They, I mean, I came in at the very end. I think it was a year, maybe two years before Christian sold the site. Gotcha. And that was when it was getting a little bit better but if people anyone who was around during hashtag menswear knows ivy style was a snake pit oh yeah yeah that and uh ask andy are oh yeah i never yeah too i never posted on either um but yeah i I lurked on both and just i don't know sometimes like it made reddit look uh playful in a lot of ways (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, I, that's I know like of, harsh invective. <laughs> a lot of that has moved over to Reddit now since Ivy Style is, which is, know, yeah, I don't know what's going on there anymore. But the 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 comment section is essentially what kept me from trying to contribute before then in Ivy gotcha. Style or in in menswear at all because it was just frightening how men interacted with each other online. So I just kind of. Bypass that. Okay. Yeah. I don't blame you. Don't blame you at all. No, I don't have the I don't have the heart for it. Like people on Instagram are nice now, so it's kind of like whatever. I mean, if people are talking shit and they're doing it in not in public, which is good mm-hmm. and how things ought to be, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, or how I would prefer things to be in any event. Mm. Yes. So after that, when I left the Andover shop. Stefan Carson of Alfargo's Marketplace contacted me through my Ramshead Instagram, and I've been doing that 
for over a year now. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been really, it's been fun. They're a great group of guys and I've met so many cool people (laughs) that I otherwise would have only known online. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. You're definitely, um, you're, uh, geographically at a good place to like connect with a, a good, you know, cross-section of vintage and menswear aficionados. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's been great. That's one of the reasons why I have settled in Stanford for the time being is because it's so close to New York. Right, right. Yeah, but it's you get not- the best of both worlds. Right. <laughs> I like the weekly auction roundup, um, mm-hmm. which... I was going to ask about, I guess, like how long have you been doing that? What, what sort of propelled you to do that in the first place? I guess looking at auctions all day. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I, that's sadly defunct just because I'm no longer working at the antiques and the arts weekly newspaper full time. But when I Mm -hmm. was, I was looking at thousands of objects on online auctions every single day just for what I was covering as far as the shows went, as far as what was coming up, as far as who I would need to talk to. So you really had to have a grasp on what was being sold in these. And as we've talked about, I'm a collector. So I like, there are things that I love, but never could afford or wouldn't bid on anyway, but I thought they were cool. So I've tried to find a way to incorporate that into my own social media brand. And that the weekly auction roundups just became a part of that. But now, unfortunately, that I'm not doing that every day, I had to backseat. So are you dealing with mostly online auctions or are you are you actually going to like like local or regional auctions? It was mostly online. I because I'm only a contributing editor now, I was associate editor. But then when I dropped down to freelance, I took a different role so i'm no gotcha. longer i yes I'm, I'm mostly just covering in-person shows now and cover stories okay but when i was doing it i did attend a couple of in-person auctions if they were particularly large or featured a prominent collection right right yeah, we were trying to figure out what the what the general vibe of the like antiques and like high end art uh, auctions like who would who would be drawn to that like what would happen. But I guess uh, I guess most of it is online these days. Like not so much um, not so much in person unless it's like you said some some like meaningful uh, collection. Right. They do still come out, especially to it's the the higher end auctions and sure. The some of the lower the some of the lower end auctions as well that happen say every week pretty much out of a church hall. People will show right. for those. Oh yeah, for sure. But I'd say for what I was doing, as far as auctions go, I was doing mostly American folk art Americana. And that okay. is actually boomers and up right boomers and up boomers and up nice phrase change as millennials especially are becoming more active in the 
antiques and museums world in the United States and becoming more prominent as collectors. There was just that a book that came out by Michael Diaz Griffith called The Young Antiquarians, or The New Antiquarians, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're going to have to check that. I keep forgetting. I keep messing up the name. I'm sorry, Michael. Uh, but I, <laughs> I interviewed him for the magazine, so I really should know it better. But he, he has highlighted quite a few people, and I'm not sure if he's doing a second book. But there are definitely enough now that have a cohesive and rather large collection that it can be put into a beautiful coffee table book like he's created. My brother, my youngest brother, is like 21, I think. Uh And he like doesn't buy anything new and like hasn't for a while, you know, like for years. He goes to estate sales and auctions and all kinds of stuff like i think it's amazing that his reflex is like not to go to amazon (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. like i want to buy something that is already extant which i I just think is like the best part of the vintage or used buying absolutely and especially now because i can't believe how much things from target cost oh my god yeah unbelievable i thankfully have not stepped into target in years so well, you uh, i'm not with it. you but i know what you mean i know or I'm, amazon or wherever everyone knows everything's fucking very expensive i don't yeah. use amazon either but yeah yeah hey Matt, how much does a pad of c- pack of cigarettes cost uh does it cost my... more or less than it did oh, last year. I, I, i'm not i'm not even being facetious i was just making a stupid joke but yes right <laughs> right I, I mean, I will say my smokes that I get have gone from two for five dollars to two for seven in like the span of four months. So, wow! And that's as outrageous that you were ever paying two for five dollars for. Uh, anything, oh, I mean, frankly. they're they're not they're not good. What uh, are they? Are they Mavericks? No, they're they're Marlboro's cheap line. Oh dear! Because oh, I, dear. I I smoke reds mostly, and they're Marlboro black full flavor. And they were, yeah, where I go, they were two for $4.87 for like three months. And that's why I switched. Anyway, sorry, I did not mean to go off on the cigarette. Beautiful, (laughs) beautiful. I love it. Uh, Yeah. uh, Zoe, what do you, like, what do you collect? You just referred to yourself as a collector. Um, what's, What's your passion? I've gone through a few different collections in my time and it any as we do as we yeah. do right now I'm mostly focusing on Staffordshire dogs the spaniels but okay but because oh, those ones <laughs> yeah hell yeah yeah, the mantle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. and those, I do have a few intact pairs but what I prefer are the what we call broken pairs where they've lost their partner a long time ago and or or otherwise imperfect i really like those for the most part because i'm cheap but also because i really like the life that they've lived oh for sure yeah and i like getting them together into their own little pack i think it's cute Um, yeah it's adorable yeah i'm also collecting right now daruma figures do you know what those are i don't You've definitely seen them. They're the little Japanese guys. They're big, round, red heads with 
big white eyes and mustaches. Huh. How do you spell that? D-A-R? D-A-R-U-M-A. And they're made, now they're made at a specific monastery in Japan and they're used for, it's, I always get it wrong, but you paint, you think of a task. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't think, think I've seen these before. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah, the, the they look of sort that, of familiar, but I feel like the the like that I have not seen. Ah, well, you so you think of a task you want to achieve, you paint on one eye, and then when you've achieved that task, you paint on the other eye, and then you burn them. <laughs> wow, oh, Matt, no. we've got to start doing this. That's intense. <laughs> That's We've yeah. got to start doing this. Then we'll get our stuff done so fast. I don't, I don't like to. I don't want to destroy. You want to destroy something? something? <laughs> no. I think that's yeah. Part. I don't know about it either. It's this whole. It's part of the Shintoism, letting it go, having right, it. Right. It's run its course but and stuff. I, but we, as collectors, we have a problem letting things go. True. Well, that's, and that's the funny thing. Many that I find that are older vintage are, they have only one eye. So they didn't get, uh, they didn't they finish. They never completed. Didn't, didn't, yeah. That's, that's the story right there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the back. The incomplete Dharma dolls. Yes. Yeah. The incomplete. Like, man, that's sad. Yeah. And another piece that I'm always looking out for, I really love anything tortoise shell, like authentic tortoiseshell and that's where i start getting into the the higher price point because that's right that's still pretty of course because you can't make it anymore right but, right oh am yeah am i yeah. stupid am i stupid is it from a turtle yes it's from a tortoise yes and i if, mean yes if you don't want your day ruined don't look up how they made it yeah yeah do do not uh, i i for whatever reason i thought that that was illegal to sell it it's gone through it's like ivory or scrimshaw which is the the whale's teeth with the images right. on it yeah I'm, expl- I'm explaining more for the listeners who may not know but for the, sure yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah 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 it it goes through different it honestly changes by um presidential term oh and it's also okay. a state thing the last time i checked in massachusetts you can sell things like coral or scrimshaw or ivory like specific types of ivory not elephant ivory that's a whole other thing within the state but you can't sell it out of state okay it's all this is like some cruella deville knowledge yeah i I mean it comes with the territory working in auctions which are inherently evil (laughs) and then you well so i was thinking a little bit a little bit, not a lot of it. This is not a fully formed thought, so beware. But like, I was thinking that an auction is a little more, at least straightforward, than our like buy, buy, buy stuff. It depends on which auction house you work for, but it's it's a cutthroat business. Don't. Yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. It's I rough. guess I I guess I should know that kind of instinctually and that's just kind of how the arts are and have been for a very long time and people people are trying to change that for the better i mean i i left museums and auctions a while ago just because i 
it did not I didn't want it that bad there are people who work their whole lives to do it but I'd had enough so uh yeah no that's like um we've talked to people who've said some things similar right like I've worked a I've worked to be a part of this industry and like I do not want to be a part of this industry <laughs> no and it's it's very much a still a pay-to-play industry if you want to do well yeah. you have to have a blank checkbook yeah in order to sustain yourself because you're going to do a lot of unpaid hours you're going to do a lot of minimum wage hours in one of the most profitable businesses on the planet right yeah it's, it sounds like the film industry it's yeah similar i'm sure it's, it's a lot art. like a lot of those industries that are right. staffed by like rich legacy people mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i could go on but we're talking about fashion aren't we yeah we're, we're talking we're about never, whatever comes up yeah, yeah we're talking about everything um I, like i think that that so what do you what do you think you want to do next i mean well i've been working on this project called the preppy witch primer for a few years now off and on right yeah while, i while figured out yeah hell yeah while sifting through paying jobs but i'm finally at a point now where i am talking with someone about possibly getting it published so okay oh my god I, yeah, having finished my final draft, I've been talking to people, and I've had some interest from a couple of different parties. So we're seeing. I'm seeing how that goes, and then going to begin the editing process, hopefully within the next year, just to get the first draft a little bit more polished and even toned. So that that would be the first, and I'm. Aside from that, I'm currently working as a cataloger with a private collection in Connecticut. So, so two roles. So we, we we would be, you know, dumb not to ask, what is the Preppy Witch Primer? It's a guide to New England folk magic, as I have worked and experienced it within for the past 20 years of experience, mostly. And it's a guide, and it's really just a basic that answers all the questions for people who are afraid of what the neighbors might think. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great description. Holy Thanks. shit. <laughs> so it's, yeah, there's so, a, sorry, go on. So I, I think, I think I understand where the word preppy comes from, given that, given what you just said, but uh, so is it basically like, like New England folk shit for um, middle class New Englanders that are pretty normal. Is that basically what I'm what I'm hearing? Yes, it's for people that <laughs> say you go to Salem. I, I I got the idea was solidified for me when I was standing in line at a oh because of the witches because of the witches. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm and, sorry. Did you just put that together? I just put the Salem part together. Yes, I was uh, like, I was like, where does this come from? This is so interesting. I like this idea. I've never heard of this before. You're obviously not a masshole. Yeah, uh, you're, 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 you're not. You're not a masshole. 
you're a Baltimorean. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Right, 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 right. Well, uh, go on, please, after I've humiliated myself again. <laughs> it means you just haven't had it shoved down your throat since you were five years old. But the thing about that is also that the Salem witches weren't actually witches. And that's a whole other thing that's going to right, be addressed. Right. They were just like probably cool chicks doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like collecting question. rocks and mushrooms. They were Puritans. No, it, it, it's a whole, that's a whole field of study that I'm going to try and briefly touch upon within the context of the book. But I, the idea was solidified for me and my demo, my key demographic was pointed out to me when I was standing in line when they were still limiting people in shops in Salem. This was post-pandemic for around the Christmas season. And there's one shop in particular in Salem on Essex Street called Coven's Cottage that mm. you get a lot of different shops in Salem that have are like kind of gift shop witchy, I'd like to say. It's just broadly, <laughs> broadly whatever. But then there are some that are hyper-specific and serious because they're run by practitioners of whatever denomination they're currently selling or teaching about. Coven's Cottage is one of those that is specific like folk magic from all different backgrounds, mostly European, European heritage of different kinds. But there was a, a pair of girls in front of me, young blonde college girls wearing their sweatshirts and everything that they got split up because one friend could go in and one friend couldn't because of the capacity. So the friend that went in she exited very quickly and her friend asked her was what what was it what happened and she said it's really cool but i don't know what i'm looking at and then they both left and i was just like that's see that's that's my key demographic it's for people who are interested in this and would like to have more spirituality in their own lives but are intimidated or just don't know even what to ask like what questions to ask so okay, the preppy, okay yeah the preppy witch primer is a very easy book for people who would otherwise like think you know you don't want your friends to think you're weird right right okay yeah yeah, yeah. this is That's such a, a great idea yeah i love yeah, it because really I, I, have... I mean I, also that would be great for me because i know very little about any of this shit so like yeah oh cool this is Thanks. a this is a thing that like exists and people are super into. Yeah, and it's also because I've, I mean, I grew up in you know in the forest in a forested suburb. I my default is kind of preppy. Like I remember ordering from the LL Bean catalog. That's how far this goes back. But yeah. I you know I tried on all my different phases. I mean, no one got out of the two thousands alive, fashion wise. <laughs> <laughs> that that okay. I gotta say, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> no one got out of the 2000s alive. No, there's, there, it, we're very lucky in so many ways that much of what we wore, or there are pictures that aren't up on the internet. That's how it I did. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. not documented. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I will forever say that I'm really happy that my Jinko phase has very little photographic evidence. As does my my goth phase. 
it's not yeah. out there. Not Dude, out you gotta. I, I, yeah, and the Jinko shit. I mean, the Jinko stuff. I mean, unbelievable. Like, yeah, please, the, please, please. No, no. Uh, when I see like you're Gen too Z, proud. When mm. I see Gen Z wearing that now, I'm just like, guys. If you, you were doing knew, that before it was cool, even. No, no. I, I'm like, if you knew now what I know now, you would realize how insane you look they're gonna be fucked up when they're looking back and like if we make it 20 years on this earth yeah when they're looking yeah. back and they're like remember in 2023 where i was ironically wearing jinko jeans i don't want to be present for that discussion say well that's that's kind of the sad thing is like they're i mean gen z has a lot going for it i think they're for sure their perspective i think we need in yeah. a lot of I just feel kind of bad that they're recording all of their thoughts and phases on TikTok now. Oh, yeah. It's never going away. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of my phases were hosted on various websites to post onto, you know, a, a fashion forum, like in the, mm -hmm. in the like mid aughts. Right. And I'm really happy that I've lost a lot of photos that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, a, this is going to be an unprecedented thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, if we make it 15 years, you're going to see some, some random TikTok where you're wearing like kick wear or like whatever, I don't know, some terrible Y2K fashion and you're going to look in the mirror and really be sad. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be, the oceans are going to be boiling and the yeah, air yeah. I mean, is going to be black. Maybe. <laughs> be like, fuck, the Jinko jeans were really, those just were not flattering cut. You know, I, yeah, it might not matter at that point in time uh, in insofar as being an important thought. But yeah, they're, they're going to realize that like, probably not a good idea to just document everything all the time. Yes, I mean it was bad enough that Live Journal existed. That Elftown, <laughs> what else? Fanfiction.net uh, still up there. It's still yeah. accessible. So for everyone Neopets. who wants to I wonder if Live Journal is still up. Holy fuck! Let's see. Let's see. Angel Let's Fire see. is Let's on. See. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Angel Fire. Thank you for that reference. LJ is still up. They have a new um No no, no. I, I meant my live journal, my personal one. Oh boy. I don't well, I don't I'm not gonna that. I'm not gonna try to get that uh URL Please. on air, but I'm very curious about it. Please <laughs> no one dox me if you know what it is. I don't even remember what my last I one was. I gotta talk to Eleanor. I don't think Eleanor knows because like I don't know her from that, you know, that part of my life in like late high school. Yeah, I burned all my journals because I was mad and sad. Yeah. So there's no well, record of them. I wrote mine on the internet, so they live forever, which yeah. is a great idea. <laughs> but uh, anyway, tragic. so I'm still, I'm still very, like, I still consider myself a very interior goth, but I've been, I've moved through all these spaces, so I feel as <laughs> Interior goth. Very much so. I mean, it, yeah. Uh, you have that a little bit, though. It's like, uh, I don't know snarky <laughs> like well, more than snarky well that's kind of the point of what i'm trying to make with the book is that there is not as far as the preppy culture goes i'm of course doing it from a white wasp woman you know uh what do you call 
Yeah, wasp. I I used to hate the term wasp, but it is really convenient. It works. Right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is a a wasp, cishet, femme-appearing woman's, as far as everybody knows, uh, perspective. (laughs) The having that kind of packaging and delivering for this sort of thing is very important, especially if people like they go to Salem, those shop girls can be really intimidating. And some of them are my friends, but I can understand how you wouldn't want to go and ask them a question when you look like me. Right. And, yeah. and I've been, I've been snarked at and rebuffed by a bunch of baby goths and baby witches over the past few <laughs> years. It's like Ron Swanson in Home Depot. It's like, I know more than you. Oh yeah. What did you say by baby goths and witches? Baby witches. It that just means like people who are new to witchcraft. Right. No, I know I know what you mean. I just like there have been a lot of good turns of phrase uh so far and I have written many of them down. This, I move in a lot of different of my job. Just as part yeah, just by virtue of my interests, I move in a lot of different circles, so I pick up these terms from all over the place. And I I I'm shocked that anyone, including myself, knows what I'm talking about at any given time. Because sometimes I don't even know. Language is good. Language is, like, yeah. the reason I'm still alive. It's, like, you can find, like, funny words to say, funny phrases to say. Ha! Huh, that could sustain me forever. Hey, it, it's much better than me quoting a Mitch Hedberg bit for literally right. any situation in my life. Right. But also, also applicable. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. So I guess um, we can close out. I was going to ask about Jack Kennedy portrait. I was going to ask about if you had other things you just can't get rid of. Um, I don't know. I guess that's like sales trends. One I was thinking of that really surprised me, and this is... This has gone on for a couple of years now. So I acquired from a prominent local collector a Murray's Toggery shop, 1960s or 70s Madras jacket that I have not been able to sell either online or in person for about two seasons now. Hmm. And what I picked size up a, is it? It's like a 42. Hmm. Uh, and I have others, other of other jackets of the same era that have also not gone. Other Madras jackets that I bring out, I've brought out for the past two summers, and no takers. So, despite all of the complete effu- like the complete effusion of Mad Men photos, and J Press always does well with Madras and places like that. You know, every March where right. they decide it's right. summer now. I still have the Madras, and I don't understand why. So you tell me. <laughs> I, I I wish I knew. Uh, Evan. It, there are, I mean, I, I don't really sell, like, I love tailored clothing. Um, it is something, especially, like, old stuff like that, like from Murray's or Andover Shop or whatever, these, like, fabled stores. You mm. know, a Madras jacket is like a cherry on top. I never buy that stuff to sell because mm-hmm. no one ever buys it when I've mm-hmm. tried. And it's it's so sad to me. Like the things that we hold on to that like, 
you know, we're excited about. You're like, fuck yeah, this thing's cool as shit. Mm. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's odd because I definitely buy Madras for myself and I see other right. people buying. So I it's... see lots of people wearing Madras. Mm. But sadly, you know, sadly no one no one gives a shit when when I float that idea out there. Mm-hmm. Tragic. I know. It's just tragic. Listen, I would uh, try it on at least. I mean, I have never had any Madras anything, even though it would, I think, be it's right, an obvious it's right choice up, right up my alley, yeah. right? It's like uh, maximalist, let's say. People have other worse adjectives that they use to describe me, but maximalist, I think, is fitting in that context. Mm-hmm. Well, I bring them out every season. I don't feel like, you know, I'm not going to throw them out. So, right. And they're, definitely- they're not going to get any less cool. You just got to mm-hmm. wait for the cool to come back around. Right. And until I run out of clothes to sell, I mean, that's where I'll be. Hell yeah. Uh, well, Zoe, this has been super fun. I really hope you feel the same, even though we went down some weird tangents. <laughs> no, that's uh, fine. <laughs> nice. Um, we always like to give our guests a chance to shout out um, something that they would like to. So here's yours. Well, thank you. I think where I'm most active is Instagram at ZG Burnett, where I will be updating followers and whoever cares to take a look at uh, for my Preppy Witch Primer coming out. Everything will be announced there. And I've been dropping reels of tower cards I've been designing as a promotional plug for Preppy Witch as the Preppy Witch Tarot, which has been really fun to draw and design. People have asked me if I'm going to do a deck of that. I don't know yet. I'm almost done with the Major Arcana cards, which are, it's only a limited number in the deck. And I am planning to release a line of merchandise with some of those designs soon. So Hell yeah. Yeah, so go on ZG Burnett for that, Z-G-B-U-R-N-E-T-T. And if you're just interested in the men- the vintage menswear, which I do keep separate, because you try telling a 65-year-old dad, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and- I, just got, I just got a flashback. To- Sorry. Oh, to what? <laughs> that that just reminded me of being uh, working in a very very old shop here and being like a you know coming out of hash or I guess a hashtag menswear weirdo and trying to trying to sell things to people above the age of seventy. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So I only interact with children. So. <laughs> Uh, that problem. that also that terrifies me just as much but anyway uh continue mm-hmm. i'm sorry Zoe. no not at all so if you prefer just to go into the menswear portion where it's just very very straightforward that's at ramshead vintage on instagram i do have some things on etsy and i will be updating my shop when things get a little bit less insane as far as markets go so that will be in the next couple of months and other than that i update both pretty regularly so follow me there yeah uh give them a follow and uh once again thanks for coming on and chatting with us and we will be shouting out uh uh, all the sides that zg burnett encompasses (laughs) thank you thanks for having me on
of course of course um yeah everyone thank you for listening um i am matt smith at rebels rogues and i'm connor nunez at real connor nunez (laughs) um if you have questions comments concerns um or you just want to say hi or send us a stupid meme apocalypse studs at gmail.com at apocalypse studs on instagram and we'll see you next week toodaloo